Welcome to the sweetest little life where we are connecting the mind, body, and soul for women in business. This podcast is all about releasing the light in you and becoming the divine inner goddess that you were destined to be. I'm Courtney Hansen, and I'm your host, author, influencer, and coach. And I am so excited to hang with you for the next 30 minutes. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Selling can be so hard in your business, especially if you are an empath and feel guilt or shame around asking for money. And here's the thing, money is nothing more than an energy. So today I'm going to go through some amazing manifestation tips around abundance and abundance is so much more than money, but focusing on this and we are talking with expert Annie, who is a genius when it comes to selling. I've taken her courses and I have learned so much and it has personally removed so many blocks that I had around asking for the sale. So we are going to hop right to it and without further ado, let's meet Annie. Annie, I am so excited to have you on the show today. How are you? And I am Dandy. How are you? Good. So can you tell the audience a little bit about your backstory, what you do, who you are, all the good stuff? Oh, of course. So hi, everybody. I'm Annie P. Ruggles. I am the founder and dean of a crazy little company called the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy, which is where I work with coaches and healers and helpers and other do-gooders to get over their nasty feeling when they ask for money and help them really serve in a way that feels good that also doesn't exhaust them. I love that. So as of someone who's taken your course, I was so amazed at the content and how you go about really like getting past the blocks that so many of us have about money. I know with me, I had so much guilt and shame even asking for money. And so I would just give so many things away for free because I was always feeling like I needed to prove myself, not realizing that I was really undermining my expertise and what I'm capable of giving someone. So what is your biggest tip for removing those blocks and being able to truly just kind of have a better relationship with sales and with money and realize that it's not sleazy. It's not yucky. Like everyone needs money. It's nothing more than an energy and we all need it to live. I mean, you just said all of that. Could you say all of that again for everybody? (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know what it is? Sales is not anybody's foremost society does a gorgeous job of making sure that we are distrustful of salespeople, and therefore when we look at ourselves especially you know ooey gooey bleeding heart empath people like coaches and healers and the people i work with we we look at the situation and we go well that person is distrusted and that person seems off and I don't want to be like that. I can't do that. And so what do we do? We kind of chuck more marketing in a problem, hoping that the client won't need to be asked for money. And that's just not true. So the first thing that we have to accept 
is that the definition that you have in your head of what sales is, is not truly necessarily correct. All sales is, is the act of asking for compensation for your labor of. That's it. Because a labor of love is still a labor. It's still a labor, right? And so like, I love what you said about, you know, I got to get out there. I got to prove I got to, you know, I, I have value to provide. You also got to prove that to your, but there comes a point where that's been proven, right? Hasn't right. it? And yet we don't ever switch the fl uh, flip the switch, go back and go, oh, wait. I guess I've given enough too much work for free. Maybe I should start asking. We just continue in that old pattern. Yes. And I think that's so easy to get caught up with thinking that because I mean, <laughs> I love when you talk about the car salesman, because anytime I hear sleazy sales, that's the first thing that pops into my head. Um, and so I feel like when I first started, it was really intimidating to me to really be straightforward and be like, oh, well, this charges this much. I would be like, oh, well, I'll give you this for free. And then if you like it, then we can start doing something or, you know, add on to it. And so I heard something the other day and it made me think of you. I'm, I'm going to school to be a therapist. And in one of my, I'm in the final little shindig of it. And one of the final classes that I was taking was talking about um, I mentioned it in the beginning, the energy of money and how money is nothing more than an exchange of energy. That's it. And they were saying, and this kind of made me go, oh my goodness, it, you never give anything away for free because you could be karmically cursing that other person because they might owe a debt. And when I thought of it like that and it kind of completely shifted the perspective that I've been taught my entire life. I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. I shouldn't feel guilty. Like this is this, they're onto something. And so then after diving into your class, I was just, everything just started kind of piecing together for me. And so you are the expert. And what is the biggest thing and the biggest hurdle that you see in your clients when they're just feeling just stuck? Like just, you know what I mean? Like just in the mud. What do you think that like common denominator is? I think we... I think we give ourselves a lot of pause when we go to sell. I think the moment before we sit down to sell can sabotage us in a million different ways. And one of those things is that improvisation, like making it up as you go along, see your pants is really, really great when you're vibing with the client and you don't know why, but you're suddenly talking about lobster. Okay, cool. You guys are getting along, but that's not going to make you money. When it comes to actually making the pitch, naming the price to speak to your previous example, right? The cost for that is this. If we don't have that prepared, if we don't know what we want to say or how we want to say it, filtered through the specifics of that person. We're going to sit there in that moment before is going to sabotage us by either having us totally change personalities and suddenly be very serious. <laughs> Courtney, I would like you to buy my program. Thank you so much for considering it. Or we get really <laughs> apologetic where we're like, listen, Courtney, I know that this is a lot of money, but you know, it's an investment and you need to worry about yourself. And, <laughs> or we say the price, we rush through it. And then we go, so the price for that is $350, but you know what? You seem like a really nice person. So for you, maybe it's $50. Wait, no, actually it's free. Right. And it's, it's when we get there, we switch, we feel this need to put something else on when really 
the sale is the continuation, the logical progression of the relationship that you've already built. Yes. Oh my, I'm laughing so hard. I've been all three of those. Oh, so have I. How do you think I know this stuff, lady? Like all of these things have come out of my mouth and worse and worse. Like I've gone entire sales calls and at the end I forget that it's a sales call and I'm like, cool, nice to meet you. And they're like, are you ever going to pitch to me? Oh, you're like, no, not today. Bye. I'm like, no. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. I mean, this billion ways that we sabotage ourselves on these calls. A billion ways. And I've heard them all. I listen to people sales calls for a living. <laughs> they are um, endearingly horrifying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would be so entertained doing that. Oh my God. And I am. And I totally am. And I try to give my notes with like a lightness and, and love and compassion and empathy. But I mean, I if I went back and listened to my old sales calls, they would be even more cringe inducing, I guarantee, because I had this professional friendship job where I was providing real value. I was providing strategy back when I was doing marketing and branding consulting. I was providing real, real tangible value. My people were getting ahead, making money. They were thrilled and I was broke. And I was like, what the hell? Why am I so freaking broke? I am way too good at my job to not be able to pay for the overhead of my business. I have clients that literally think I have a moon, but I'm not making any money. And I realized it was because my generosity didn't have boundaries. And generosity without boundaries is not generosity anymore. It's like masochism. It's not good. It stops yeah. being yummy. It starts being nasty, like a horror movie. So how would you suggest that we show up just confident with the ego aside, but just ready to make that sale and feel really good about ourselves in doing so? My favorite thing to recommend is to decide up front what version of you, that client that you're about to talk to, that sales page reader that you're about to connect with, what version of you do they need you to be? Now, Courtney, I did not say what version of somebody else or who can I pretend to be or what role can I play? What version of you, right? right. You're a parent. Parenting is sales. If you're also teaching your kid right now that all of this, you know, pandemic stuff is going on, you're doing double sales because, you know, eat your broccoli is a sale and do math instead of playing Nintendo is a sale. I really appreciate that you compare that to parenting because I feel that a lot of people don't see that we are doing sales 100% of the time and we don't even realize it. Oh, heck yes. You don't think parenting is sales? No, I am not a parent or not a parent yet. We don't even freaking know. But parenting is sales every minute of the day in positive and negative, right? You want to motivate your kid to be successful. You want to motivate your kid to be kind. You want to motivate your kid to grow up into the person that they should be. Hmm. How are you going to do that? You're going to offer them guidance. But the sale that you're making on your kids isn't monetary. 
I don't think most people are like, I want you to be a great man. Give me $5. But what you're trying to get out of your kid is energy and commitment and other forms of currency, you know, overcoming their boredom, their resistance. Kids have their own objections, right? So that's why the first thing is, you know, when, especially women, when women come to me and they're like, oh, I can't sell and this is this and this is that. And then they naturally wind up bringing up a kid. I stop them right there. And I'm like, ah, no, you <laughs> sell all the time. Teachers sell all the time. Customer service agents at large corporations who get screamed at all the time and always put out the fire are selling constantly. It's all sales, 100%. Oh, I love when you just like, it's just tiny shifts in perspective that you're just like, oh, <laughs> love it. But that's so, the thing is you don't have to become anybody else to sell. You just have to pull out and lead with the version of you that is right for your person. That's it. That's all it is. Yes. And I, I love how you make it because I feel like a lot of times people get it confused on, you know, oh, I'm not supposed to be a millionaire. Oh, now I'm not supposed to be a millionaire. But I love how you worded it, that you are showing up to the version of yourself that that person needs, which is much different than being a millionaire. Okay. The funny thing is that we have this negative attachment to money. Again, it's all modeling, right? But right. I, <laughs> I always like to remind everyone that all of your favorite artists, celebrities, you know, everybody gets paid. And then they're like, well, but I want to change the world. Okay. Gandhi got paid. Jesus got paid. Malala Yousafzai gets paid. Maybe they didn't get paid via PayPal like you and I do. (laughs) But somebody fed them, clothed them, gave them room and board. Somebody puts Malala on a plane to come speak. I mean, not right now during COVID, but you know, it's, it's not accurate to say we are that the, the trajectory of good people on this earth is to just give and give and give and give and give and never be compensated. Yes. I just, I feel like you're speaking to like me five years ago. Cause that was, I was like, I, I want to do things differently. I'm like, okay, but differently does not feed your children. <laughs> like, Thank you. You cannot pay your mortgage on differently. Yes. You cannot and- feed on differently. If you want to do something differently, then absolutely stand up with more integrity, stand up with more ethics, stand up with more honesty. Don't just hurt yourself by bending over backwards for humanity's sake and not worry about what happens to the vessel for that change, which is you. Yes. So what would be your biggest tip for just kind of removing the, because I feel like that's one of the biggest things I hear so many people talk about that I have interviewed is just that guilt and shame that especially as women, we tend to like really carry around and just create these huge balls of just yuckiness around anything that would be beneficial or it, and it blocks so many people's full potential for them to reach that highest level of really what they're capable of. I mean, really, it's, it's about the facts. Are you going to be able to bigger impact living in a box? 
when you get evicted for not paying your rent? No, you're not. Are you going to be able to feed your kids and, and send them to great schools and buy them cool backpacks? No, you're not. Are people going to be able to find you as easily if you're not visible? No, they're not. Are they going to throw money at you without you asking for the money? No, they're not. So before you sit down to these calls, remember that you are a business and every other business and every other, you know, profit healer, do-gooder in human history has been compensated in some way. So why not you? Why don't you deserve as much as anyone else would command? Why not you? Yes. And that's, I, I feel like a lot of people too can't, um, I well, I don't want to say a lot of people because I don't like speaking for people, but for myself, I mean, it's definitely interesting when you are able to kind of talk to about money and think about money the way you would give someone else advice. Because in our own little minds, we can get so closed off and almost catastrophize things before we even get on the call. I cannot tell you how many times I've listened to calls where people, you know, are so nervous, so obviously tender and terrified about naming the price. And then they name the price and then they immediately apologize. I know it's expensive. Maybe it's not what you were thinking. Only to have the client go, oh, that's it? I thought it was going to be a lot more expensive. Oh. Right? Because we get into this, this trap of shopping with our own wallet. So if we're like, you know what, on this day, at this time, when I'm asking for this amount of money, if I would not run out and spend this amount of money, then I must be overcharging. No, you don't need the thing. So you're not buying the thing. Yes. That's why it feels like a lot of money to you because you've gotten to expert status, baby, and you don't have to pay yourself anymore. Love that so much that is, I think it's really powerful too when we're able to not be in that state of fear and one of my favorite stories around that is there was a little kid and there was a teddy bear that was on the floor and it was casting this huge shadow on the wall and the parent came in and picked up the teddy bear and the kid was still really scared and then realized you know it was just the shadow that was casting but at that time it was real like it yes. was there they saw it they felt it they like you know it was a real thing to them and I feel like so often, like, we, we are scared of the teddy bear. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's understandable why people would be sales avoidant at the beginning of being a business. It's new. And we have all the nasty modeling like we talked about before. But, you know, if you were just like, okay, every single time I do this thing, it hurts me, then you would have stopped riding your bike the first time you skinned your knee. Right. You never would have gone in the deep end of the pool. You never would have gone on that date after the third date was kind of awkward. You'd be like, whoop, nope. And now you're married <laughs> to that person. No, you wouldn't be because you didn't commit, even though it was a little uncomfortable. It doesn't get easier unless you practice it. Yes, 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 yes. That's, I just, oh, I love it. I, lo I just love your approach to coming at it just from such different angles than I've ever heard before. And I've done so many sales classes, but nothing has quite been like this one where it's like, oh my gosh, this all clicks and makes so much sense. I'm just telling you the truth, man. Like I'm not saying I... that other sales 
people don't tell the truth. I'm sure they do. And I've taken 18,946 sales courses. I mean, I took, I read 138 books last year. I'm a big freaking nerd. Okay. And there are, there's a ton of great info out there, but I think the thing that, that makes my approach different is that I am a spongy, spongy empath out here trying to make a big difference for small businesses in my own small way. And I need to be compensated for that so that I don't have to go back to working in a software firm because I would be miserable. Right. That you worked in a software firm. Okay, so oh, I want yes, to story now. This what is how, what made you go? You know what? This is my calling. This is what I'm going to do. So, you know, part of me thinks that it was predestined in some way only because my grandfather was a used car, car salesman. My grandmother was a writer. My father is a business strategist and my mother is a motivational speaker. So this combination uh, oh. should have been more expected for me. But you know what it really was when I knew this is exactly what it is? It was when I would work so hard with client after client on their marketing and branding, which is so important. I'm not knocking any of that work, but I would watch them plan these launches for months, write these books for months, take every ounce of energy in their body and apply it to these projects. And then they would call me crying because their launch was a flop because they didn't sell a thing. And I realized that the challenge is not that they don't know what they're selling. The challenge is they don't understand the full value of what they're selling and they don't actually ask for the sale. And when I realized that, I started thinking, I got to help good people like making money. Yes. Because bad people love making money. Right. And I feel like that often, uh, I can't remember the book. I'm sure you might know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, there's a book out there and it, it relates to like, you know, that old song, you have to be a bitch if you want to be rich or whatever. Yes. But it's just like in your mind from such a young age, it is engraved that like you have to be mean or bad or be willing to take advantage of people to make money. And that's simply not true. Of course it's not true. No. And, and so that's the other thing is, you know, we, we have this radar out at all time for bad sales to reinforce the negative, right? What I encourage right. you and I do in my own life, because there are times when I don't want to sell. Sure. Okay. Writing sales pages. No, I will always love them. But, you know, actually getting on the call sometimes, I just don't feel like I have the energy. It freaking happens, right? But where was I going with this? Annie, where were you going with this? Oh, look for good examples of sales too. So the people that show up for you and help you lead you to your highest and best self. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not a salesperson. Maybe it's a coach that you have. Maybe it's a friend who encouraged you to make a really hard decision. Maybe it's your therapist. Maybe it's the checkout at Walgreens, you know, the checkout person at Walgreens who actually really made it seem like they did care how your day was going and if you brought your rewards card. There are just as many good examples all around us. They're just pleasant and sweet so they don't stand out as badly. So what I want people to do is go, wow, that was a really positive transaction and then stop and go, 
how can I relate that to my own business? Yes. And to, to carry, I, that, that so relates to every, like just the, the energy around it. Like when you really change the shift of thinking into that, it's not, it's not exactly what your course, it's not sleazy. Like you don't have to be sleazy about it. You don't have to be that MLM person that's in the inbox. Like, I'm just wondering if you would like to try my channel. Like there are other ways to approach people, whether you're in an MLM or own a small business yes. or whatever you do. Yes. I mean, there's two categories I, of MLMers out there and everyone wants to be in category one, which is like the kind of fun resource provider, guru, know-it-all fabulousness, right? Everybody wants to be there. Yes. But a lot of people, because these companies also don't train their salespeople well or at all, they wind up in the second column of like, Hi, Courtney. It's me, your best friend that hasn't talked to you in 17 years. Hey, didn't you have a kid? By the way, I wanted to remember, um, have you and I ever talked about Tupperware? Because Tupperware is the wave of the future. And as a possible mother who I think I still remember who you are, that you should get back to me so that we could talk about Tupperware. Like, we, what? what is that? I'm dead. That is like spot on nailed it. I mean, I get all these things too, and I buy from MLMs, and I have friends that sell MLMs, but they still are doing the exact same thing that I'm teaching, which is assessing a need in me and telling me what I need based on that need, making a recommendation, and then charging me money for it. Yes. And being null, I think null, what are your thoughts on this? This is, I'm going to pick your brain on this one. So as far as when it comes to being knowledgeable about the product that you're selling, are you thinking that that increases the um, amount that you are able to really promote yourself? Oh my goodness, a hundred gajillion percent. But I want I want everybody play I want everybody to play a little game, and this game is ridiculous. And I almost apologize, but I'm going to stop myself apologizing. Listen, everybody, we're going to play a ridiculous game. I want you to look at what you sell, and in six, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon way, I want you to link what you sell to the biggest cause that's important to you. So if it's curing COVID or ending systemic racism or saving the whales or meeting, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I don't care. Whatever your big, 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 juicy, my life's mission under it all is, how quickly can you get there? This is ridiculous. It's not that many steps because I sell consulting. Okay, snooze. I sell sales training. Okay, right? I'm falling asleep here. What is that? <laughs> but what I'm really selling is support. And what I'm really selling is proven strategy. And what I'm really selling is fewer costly mistakes. And what I'm really selling is better client relationships. And if I'm doing that for these small businesses, I'm amplifying those dreams. And if I'm amplifying those dreams, those people are going to go out and they're going to make their own difference, their own business. And someday, one of them is going to wind up starting a really incredible nonprofit that knows how to ask for freaking fundraising money well and they're going to unite the world and boom I helped bring about world peace it's not that many steps if you look at the emotions underneath what you're selling the emotions of what they need from you all of those have value beyond gold plus going on from there how does it affect their family if I have you 
ask for money as you should be compensated, Courtney. What does that do for your kids? Security. And what's one of your kids' big dreams? Oh, the oldest one wants to be a dirt bike racer. Okay, a dirt bike racer. Cool. A lot of people take a lot of pressure from watching. Or a lot of people take a lot of pleasure from watching or participating in dirt bike racing. It's not my thing, but it's their thing. So great, right? So your oldest wants to be a dirt bike racer and you're compensated. So guess what you can do? You can a dirt bike. You can tell your kid that all the maintenance on that bike is going to be on them. Because they need to learn how to maintain it. You can do whatever you want. I'm not just saying buy your kids stuff. But you're making that dream possible. And along the way, by example, you're also showing your kid that your talents, your labors, your brains, your efforts are worthy of compensation. So that when he does or she does become a absolute amazing dirt bike racer, they're not sitting there with some promoter going, well, I love biking, so I guess that I'll just do it for free. <laughs> yes. I, I, I love how when you turn to think about, like, what you want your kids to be or how confident you want them to show up, and then you compare it to where you're showing up, it really gives you that glimpse of, okay, I need to step my game up. Yes. Yes. If you... If your kid was going to do a college interview or a job interview or a pre-K placement Montessori, I don't care. But if they went into some very important challenge and acted the way you do on sales calls, would you be proud of them? Would you be pleased with their progress? Would you be certain of their future? Maybe not. Yes. Right. So what would you tell your kid? Ask better questions. Look live. Really connect. Right. So accent the parts you want. Don't go. Don't be nervous. They're going to love you. Why aren't you giving yourself that same pep talk? Yes. Oh, I, I just heard someone the other day was talking about how before any conversation they have around money, they will go in the mirror and they will literally talk to themselves and just say, you are worthy. You are, you know, whatever those things are for you, those affirmations and that their sales, they did kind of like a pie chart graph went up 89% in less than 30 days. I was just beside myself because it's really magical when we are able to change our mindset around money, what we are capable of. Oh my goodness. Completely. You know, my version of that, uh, I'm, I'm a very vain person. Um, oh, I, so I do not have to remind myself of my worthiness or enoughness very often. I've worked very hard on that in many years of healing and therapy. Yes. You know, my version of that is I don't get on a call and assume that they're going to say no. I get on a call and I assume that they're going to say yes, or I'm going to say no. Oh, so either they're going to say yes. Or I'm going to say no. At least that's my assumption. They're I free to say that. no, right? But but why? That's where the apologizing that I mentioned comes from, Courtney, is that like when we get on the call and we assume they're going to say no, we want to soften that oh no for ourselves. And so we 
we apologize about the price or we say, you know what, we can wait till next time or, oh, I totally hear that objection. Oh, I get it. We can do all of that. We can absolutely do all of that. Fine. See what that gets you. But, but it's not the only option. If you go in assuming that the client will say yes, if you communicate and they're a great fit for you. If they're not a great fit for you, then I'm going to say no. I'm going to be the one to pull the plug. Mm-hmm. I won't let you hire and that's me okay. if you're not right like for I- me. Heck yes! Yes. I feel like we don't allow ourselves, like a lot of times it's so obsessive on like getting that sale that you don't step aside and be like, you know what? Like this isn't going to be a good fit. This doesn't feel right. And it's like listening to that gut feeling that I know so often is just shut down or, you know, you get so money driven that you don't think like, okay, is this going to benefit my business? Is this going to benefit my business? Is this going to benefit me? Is this going to benefit my mental health? Some money is just too expensive to take. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you can't put a price tag on mental no, health. No, <laughs> you can't. And so if you know, and this is the other thing I hear on calls all the time, if you know, if you really can tell that somebody who's on your discovery call or your email or all over you or they're curious and you're like, no, this person is missing client ever or my kid sister that makes me insane or my husband or whatever. If you get some red flags from that person, don't take that money. That's yeah. really energy and effort out of your life that could be spent making other money. And I think that's where being an empath really does come in to be such a powerful, powerful thing. Cause I know a lot of times it's taken as a weakness when you are a business owner because of the energies and feeling everything. But when you can actually get to that point of awareness that like, Hey, this isn't like, this isn't, doesn't feel right. And, you know, following that and being respectful of that, like everything just changes. Yes. Both of you. I feel like it's very empowering. Yes. And they respect you because you're not desperate, right? Oh, but yeah. And, and that's the other thing is like, we, we have this fun, oh, please hire me. Oh, please hire me. Feel like ideal clients are like dogs. They are going to know that you are quaking in your boots. Why? How is that going to make them feel like change is possible for them, Right. A lot of us are selling change. A lot of us are selling transformation. If you get on the call and you're timid about that, that's not really lending confidence to me making these big, beautiful life changes. I don't want to hear about ambition or authenticity or big, beautiful dream lives or mom bosses or babepreneurs or any of that from someone who's going to turn around and go, have you worked on your dream today? For my program, it's $97, and for you, it's free. Does that foster confidence? No. I love that you just nailed every trending hashtag around Boss Babe. I mean, look, I got nothing against Boss Babes. I am one. (laughs) But, like, how many people are peddling Boss Babe and then behind the scenes are peeing their pants before sales calls? Yes, exactly. Be a boss. Oh, I love the energy you bring. Right? <laughs> just, oh. You're just so real. So, 
where can we find you? Where can we take your class? I know there's going to be so many people that want to show up and then check this out. And I'm also going to put everything in the show notes, links to where you can find Miss Annie and all of her goodness. <laughs> so where can we find you? I have a free mini masterclass called Making Sunny Sleep. Nonsleazy.com or to take it you your or a win-win situation that includes you and never feel icky on a sales call again you can just head right over directly to sales for empaths.com yay I really appreciate your time today and just all the knowledge that you brought. I so enjoy talking to you and you just have a presence about you that is wonderful. Well, the pleasure is all mine. I always love when anyone gives me room to rant. Uh, And this is a lovely, lovely rant, Courtney. I'm very grateful. Have a wonderful day, Annie. We'll talk soon. the best sales week ever. (laughs) Bye now. That was so good. I hope you guys got something out of that today about just coming with confidence in sales and knowing your worth and that you have something of value to give and just stop selling yourself short. And when you really just change your perspective around it and think of money as nothing more than an energy and stop idolizing it or making it something that is unobtainable, magic happens. Like you just have to shift that mindset. And it starts with just small little pivots of daily habits or the way you come at people or your confidence. And it's just practice, practice, practice. I highly encourage you to hop on over, do the free workshop, see if it's your thing. And if nothing short, you learn something new, which is something we all strive for every day, right? I hope you guys have a wonderful day and thank you so much for hanging out with us today on The Sweetest Little Life.